many things, including a journalist, a, not, not a recovering journalist, but someone who's resurrected himself recently as a journalist because of uh, certain issues that are in the news. One of the issues that uh, he has been dealing with uh, for years because he has volunteered for the Democrats, so he has worked for Hillary Clinton, he's working for Joe Biden. And so something, Warren, that I have no doubt you're very concerned with is the special counsel report that came out this week, not having to do with Trump, but everything about Biden, uh, missing uh, documents and a faulty memory. Your turn. Yeah, so the documents were classified uh, and they were discovered largely by the president in his Delaware home, including in his garage. He immediately reported that uh, to the attorney general, Merrick Garland, and Merrick Garland decided to appoint a special counsel. Special counsel is kind of a creation of American politics where it's somebody who's supposedly independent investigating. So Ken Starr was that for for uh, Clinton. Um, uh, you had this happen with, uh, with Trump. Um, you know, it's happened at different points in American history. So the special counsel here is a uh, lawyer uh, named Robert K. Hur, H-U-R. And um, the Hur's background, Charles, he is a, not just a card-carrying Republican, he's donated to Republican campaigns. He worked in the Trump White House. He appeared at events and announcements beside Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Um, he's he's a Republican and uh, through and through. And this is who they had write the report. And this morning, and I say this as somebody who's volunteered full disclosure for um, the Biden campaign. Um, that uh, won him the presidency. And I didn't do anything senior. I was at a junior level and helping out where I could. But I'm pretty pissed off at the Biden people. The report that her wrote, where he says that Joe couldn't remember when his son died, Joe couldn't remember when he was vice president, and that Joe, I'm going to quote him, was uh, a sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with a poor memory. The, the the Biden administration, the Biden White House, his staff, who he counts on to protect him, had this fucking report three days in advance before it was released yesterday afternoon. They knew what those words were. They knew what was in the report, and they did nothing to protect the president. And as you know, I've done war rooms for Kretzian and premiers and liberal parties across the country. And when you are facing an existential threat, right, your candidate, your leader, you have to protect that person at all costs, at all costs. Everybody's expendable except the leader. They did nothing. They did the square root of fuck all to protect the president. They could have come out and said, oh, yeah, well, this report is written by a Republican hack who donates to Republican campaigns and worked in the Trump White House and is not a person of integrity. It is a person uh, of a Republican pedigree. And we think that the report is going to be something that you'd expect from the Trump campaign. They didn't do any of that, Charles. They didn't what we call in politics precondition for the release of the report. They just let it happen. 
They just let it happen. And now, like yesterday and today too, is the worst 24 hours of the Biden presidency. It is existential because what that report does is it legitimizes the main weakness of the whole Biden presidency, who's been great on the economy, who's been great on foreign um, affairs, who's been great in every possible way. It legitimizes the main concern that, that we knew was in the polling, which is Americans had concerns about the mental acuity of the president. This report, written by somebody who is not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, validates that and the trump the biden campaign let it happen and that is i just say as a war room guy and i'm obviously exercised about this that is unacceptable but let, it's me, too let, me get back, let me get back let me get back to her uh the republican hack as you call them the special counsel report but let me just first put put up a flashcard with the name on it to give us context in history i say james comey Hillary Clinton campaign, Warren Kinsella, you worked for her as well. What does that mean? Well, Comey uh, was the FBI boss, and he, uh, again, on classified documents, basically Hillary made use of a private server outside of official channels, um, and uh, evidence was found of that. And, uh, you know, ultimately... So he made very damaging remarks about her culpability about that. He reversed himself 48 hours later. But the difference between this and the Robert K. Her report on Biden is timing. In the case of Comey, he did that in the final week of the campaign when Trump and Clinton were neck and neck. And it is the belief of the Clinton campaign. And I, I was part of that campaign working in a Brooklyn headquarters that that's what tipped the scale and won basically Trump won because of 70,000 votes in Pennsylvania, in Missouri, not in Missouri, in uh, Wyoming and in Michigan, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Michigan and uh, Pennsylvania. Right. 70,000 uh, votes. Throttled, uh, Hillary Clinton's uh, campaign. And, but there's no way that campaign would have died. There's no way that Trump would have become president had Comey, who was perceived as a Republican, had he not tattooed Hillary Clinton. Days before the campaign, the days before right. the campaign ended. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, the last week is in a tight race. That's, you know, you've got maybe 10 to 20 percent of voters who haven't decided. This yeah. is the, you know, the the anecdotal voters who decide in the polling booth in a tight race. That is that last week is critically important. And so Comey just sent a torpedo into the side of the Clinton campaign. The only good news about this, her a report, which is just fucking outrageous, what was released yesterday. This man is not a psychiatrist. He's not a psychologist. He has no qualification whatsoever to make that kind of an assessment. The only upside I can see, Charles, is this was done many months before the vote takes place. But already you've got anonymous, stupid Democrats going out there and saying, oh, we've got to move Joe out. You know, he's done his bit. Let's get Gavin Newsom in. And like, the, you know, that's not how you run a campaign. So like I am pissed off at the Biden people because this uh, it was always going to be bad once they saw what those words said. But the, it didn't need to be as bad as it is this morning. So response is everything. Uh, we talk about responsibility. It's how you respond to stuff. And to know this didn't happen the last weeks of the campaign. 
it's in the uh, it's it's in the you know beginning of the campaign. Let's call this the exactly. February, the beginning of the campaign that that ends in November. Here's yeah. the here's the issue. The response from the Biden campaign is inevitably going to be sending Joe Biden into as many live situations as possible. So I'm asking you as a war room guy, if you send Biden out into every possible nook and cranny of America to do retail campaigning, how long before the Republicans, Fox, you name it, have clips of Biden making mistake after mistake after mistake? Because whether the whether her, the Republican hack, is a psychiatrist or not, Biden is 80 and Biden makes mistakes. Biden made mistakes when he was 40. What you've described has already happened. Last night, like I can see Biden's staff after they saw the bomb that was dropped on their campaign saying, don't let the boss go out. The boss is furious. The boss is throwing stuff around in the White House, in the Oval Office. Don't let him go out. Go. He went out and he did a presser with the press, the Washington Press Gallery, who you know are the toughest reporters on the planet. And he was hot. You cannot do uh, a presser about a disastrous event like this hot. He was hot. He lost his temper. He was doing okay for a bit. And then he got wrong the name of the the president of Egypt and the head of so basically he he made the head of Mexico the head of Egypt and, yeah, and this, vice this, versa. This everyone has context this had to do with the Middle East and it had to do with uh, the president of Egypt who is highly involved in very sensitive negotiations. And Biden said that he'd been talking to the president of Egypt, except he didn't say I was talking to the president of Egypt. He said I was talking to the president of Mexico, thus reinforcing what a non-psychiatrist said about his memory. Right. And it was a disaster. So now there's a clip of proof in the same news cycle of what Robert Hur said. There's a clip. So it was a total unmitigated disaster. You know, and I had all these conservative assholes going after me on Twitter last night. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Without going to Google, you name the president of Egypt and you name the president of Mexico. I mean, you got me on something like that two weeks ago, right? And so, but it it's too late. He went out himself hot. He was angry. I think he was most angry, understandably, about the allegation that her made that he couldn't remember when his son died. Like, what has that got to do with the classified documents? Like, you know, in what universe is that relevant? But Biden got mad and he went out and he talked about that. And it just now has provided evidence of what her has said. It was a disastrous press conference last night. I don't know how you stop a president from having a press conference. No, if he's... No. And Biden, with his uh, failing memory, then Donald Trump, who remembers every person who never kissed his ring, and wants uh, his presidency to be uh, about nothing but vengeance. So I'm, I'm, I'm crystal clear on that. But this is only February. And although you're angry with some Democrats for, uh, you know, waxing philosophical about uh, possibly uh, putting Gavin Newsom, the, uh, uh, the governor of California, on the ballot, and Gavin Newsom has an excellent memory. Gavin Newsom is sharp as a tack. There's no Republican that uh, Gavin Newsom has faced recently, including Republican Sean Hannity, including Republican Rick DeSantis, Ron DeSantis, there, there I go with my memory, Ron DeSantis. Uh, there, there's no Republican that uh, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, has faced in the debate re recently 
where he hasn't crushed the Republican. And there's no doubt in my mind that in any debate, if Donald Trump actually wants to go up against Gavin Newsom, Newsom will crush him. So I want to give you a second chance here to tell me why it's a poor idea in February to possibly coax Joe Biden into saying respectfully to the American people, what's most important here is defeating Donald Trump, and I think someone else is better at the job than I am. I know you don't like Trump. You're, I think you dislike Trump more than I do. But brother, you sound like you're trying to convince yourself. Um, like you can't build a campaign on hope. Like I've been on lots of campaigns where you sit around the big table and somebody says, oh, that happened a long time ago. And they're not going to use that. People forget that. The last guy to say that to me, I remember, was standing in the window of a room called 409S in Center Block. And the guy standing beside me was Michael Ignatieff. And Michael Ignatieff, I had just told him, Michael, because I was advising him for a brief period, Michael, mm -hmm. the Tories are about to spend $4 million to tattoo you with the notion that you are just visiting Canada. Yeah. And he said, oh, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous, Warren. There's a million Canadians who work and live abroad. You know, are they doing something wrong? And I said, well, no, but none of them are running to be prime minister. And he said, okay, well, fine. Where are they getting all this evidence that I'm just visiting? I said, well, they've got clips of you on BBC and on CNN, Michael, talking about yourself like you're a foreigner, like you're not a Canadian. He said, that stuff's from 10 and 20 years ago. I said, Michael, it doesn't matter. What a war room does is take stuff that happened. 20 or 10 years ago and makes it look like it happened fucking yesterday. That's what's going to happen, my friend. Like it doesn't matter that it happened in February and the votes in November. The Republican campaign of Donald Trump, which is a much better operation than it was six years ago, seven years ago, much better. They are going to make what Biden has done last night look like it happened yesterday. I promise you because that's what a good war room does. In the interest of full transparency, uh, the just visiting um, business uh, about uh, Ignatieff uh, came from me. Uh, okay, I- Oh, well, way I, to go. I did, well, I just, uh, like, you know, I just, uh, you know, I just, um, I, I'm, you know, uh, you know, I talk about, uh, uh, you know, my, my father being on my shoulder and my father's on my shoulder uh, right now. Are telling me to uh, to fess up. So there it is. I'm fessing up to you, brother. Um, I did several commentaries about uh, Michael Ignati. If I brought up all that stuff that you just did, I called him the visiting professor. I stopped referring to him as Michael Ignati. If I just kept referring to him as visiting professor, and I uh, had a friend of mine uh, create a website uh, called visitingprofessor.com, and just visiting was all over it. And obviously the uh, the conservatives were smart enough to uh, use it. So I wasn't advising the conservatives. I was just a conservative talk show host and they thought it was a good idea. And I guess I should give them credit for that. But in the they interest should of give you lots of money for that. No, you... they didn't get, I didn't, I took, no, <laughs> I took more. You know how the game is played. You, you, taking money is stupid because uh, uh, aside from the fact that uh, people leak um, when you, when you leak uh, that uh, someone took money, uh, that's uh, that's not good for for business. But that business was no, no business for was sure. very good without taking money for that. Anyway, yeah. to get to get no, back, but no, to get but back. let me just just let yeah. me respond to that. Sure, it was so effective that theme. Okay, yeah. so effective, it yeah. pushed the Liberal Party into third place to its worst result in history. Yeah. 
and it was an old allegation right that he was yeah. you know from another country so this is why i'm saying with the greatest respect i disagree with you it doesn't matter if it happened in february this one is big and it is we're going to be hearing about it every single day for the next 10 months no no i i'm i'm i simply i'm simply saying that it might be i've thought about this a long for a long time i'm just uh, you know waxing with, with you right now i'm just thinking out loud spontaneously and i'm just saying that it's entirely possible if it's assessed that this will be a tattoo on, on Joe Biden and this will actually uh, prompt him to do more appearances and have more gaps, and if this becomes the entire campaign, which it could, it might be time to throw the Hail Mary, not in the final seconds of the game, but several months before the game. And the Hail Mary would be simply for Joe Biden uh, to find a, a way uh, to make some sort of uh, speech, if you will, read the prompter, step aside, and let the Democrats in a primary campaign, which is on right now, ongoing, there is a primary campaign, uh, choose Newsom or whoever else uh, can win the primary. I realize that sounds desperate to you right now, but I'm just thinking out no, loud. No, I, no, man, it's not desperate. There's, there's a million anonymous Democrats saying exactly what you just said in every newspaper in the United States today. Like they're all, because this was existential, what happened yesterday. Right, it but, was I, the but worst I know how to be, but Warren, I know how to be a conservative. I've been a conservative. I'm agreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah. I'm agreeing yeah. with you, okay? I'm saying what you're saying. This is what everybody's saying. It was that bad. Yeah. So It, it, is, ex know, it, is, it is existential. It threatens the existence of a, a, the Democratic administration. And, and people can say whatever they want about the special counsel. No one's going to remember his name. All they're going to do is see clip after clip after clip and Americans can decide for themselves, especially the independents, because the independents make the decision that as much as they don't like Trump, they don't trust uh, Joe Biden's memory. And the other problem is Joe Biden's vice president is not popular. And so the Republicans can very, very easily say, what you're doing here is electing Joe Biden, who would win and who, who, who could win. And uh, he'll be in there for a few months or maybe a year. But there's no doubt that at some point Kamala Harris is your new president. And if Kamala Harris was Gavin Newsom, it might be a different story. But she's yep. Kamala Harris, not Gavin Newsom. Yep. No, you've laid out. I mean, that is, that's this morning. That's what this morning looks like. And, um, man, I, I'm just so mad because they knew this was coming. Like, yeah. you know, in politics, you know, you don't get the Auditor General's report. You don't get a special counsel's report. Um, you don't get the integrity commissioner's report the same morning the media do. You and I know that, right? The media, we all get it on Thursday morning, but the people the report is about, you know, when they're in power, Trudeau and Clinton and Biden, you get it two or three days ahead of time. And you're given it ahead of time in order to correct any factual errors that are within it, and but also to get yourself ready for a response. And they didn't get ready. It's crazy. Well, let, me, let me let me approach this uh, from a from a slightly different vantage point for a moment. Are you one hundred percent sure that everyone on the Biden team is a teamer? Let me just back that up for a moment. Not talking mm -hmm. about uh, normal domestic stuff. There have been many reports that several members of the team are not excited about Biden's position on Israel. I know what your position on Israel is. I'm not here to challenge your position on Israel. I'm simply here to say that many members of the Biden administration are very, very cognizant that many young people, for all the reasons that we've discussed, 
are very anti-Israel right now. Certainly, they're very anti-Netanyahu. I'm anti-Netanyahu, and so are you, regardless of how much support we have shown for the concept of the Jewish state, regardless of how much we uh, oppose Hamas. It's not difficult to get people to be anti-Netanyahu. Many yeah. people in the Biden administration feel that Netanyahu is making an ass out of Joe Biden. Don't you think it's possible that because some members of the Biden administration may not be 100% in support of what the boss is doing and 100% in support of the idea that he can win this campaign, that they may not be, they may not be as rigorous in their duty to protect the boss as you would be. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the, the Biden loyalists, the people who are loyal to him and who agree with what is the right and proper position on the Middle East, you know, he's been my moral compass since October 7th, as you and I have talked about, um, you know, because Biden does represent the most sensible position on what should happen there. Not Netanyahu, not Hamas, Joe Biden. But, you know, there is the, the far left wing within the Democratic Party, who I don't really regard as Democrats like AOC and the squad, and they've been unhappy, but they've been in the minority. What happened yesterday with this her report gives them ammunition to go after this guy. Now, my Yasser Arafat rule, you know, <laughs> to continue our discussion about the Middle East, my, my Yasser Arafat rule is always be careful wishing for regime change. Because the next guy or gal could be a lot worse. So Gavin Newsom's position on the Middle East is not in any way different from Joe Biden. So they may get rid of Joe, but they're you know they're going to get a guy who has the same is going to have the same approach. And the irony is here, Charles, you know when Joe got wrong, you know the Mexico Egypt thing, his answer on Gaza was actually really good. Like he actually described how he has been pushing Netanyahu and how he has been preoccupied by the death of innocent Palestinians, women and children who do not deserve to die. His answer was really good and actually should give some comfort to the squad and AOC. But the problem is he got one name wrong. And that's where everybody's focused this morning. Well, you know, Michael Ignatieff was really intelligent. Michael Ignatieff is probably the most intelligent prime minister we never had. Yep. And uh, yet it was very, very easy for me to portray Michael Ignatieff as someone who was completely out of touch with Canada. And why wouldn't he be? He's just visiting. So yeah. there's nothing well, about I, politics. I, sorry, there's nothing about politics is fair. If, if politics was fair, you wouldn't play it the way you do, especially when you're in a war room. And I guess, I guess fairness uh, you know, dictates and transparency dictates that maybe when I was doing my political right-wing talk show host thing, fairness wasn't always my number one priority. My number one well, it was priority was making, your, making the point. You were always fair with me, you know, when you had a much more conservative point of view. Yeah. So, no, I disagree with you. I'm not, but, I'm you not, know, I'm I, am proof, I'm, I am yeah. proof. I am proof. I am proof of what you say. You can be unintelligent and be successful at politics. Look at me. I am unintelligent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm unintelligent. And when I said that I when I said that I wasn't always fair, I'm not saying I'm not saying that I was ever doing what what these guys are. Well, you were with are doing right now. I mean, that's 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 beyond 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 the beyond. Uh, let me go to what some of these conservatives are doing right now. Uh, I like how we can talk. By the way, we can talk. I can talk to you like I yeah. I can't talk to anybody else. 
Well, you know, and I, I know there's a whole bunch of people watching us right now, but yeah, even yeah. I can talk in a way that we just can't, I, I can't talk to other senior media people the way I talk to you. Right. And, 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 and I, and I tell people this about, uh, you know, cause obviously, uh, uh, David Eby and I'm uh, got to call him about this and uh, tomorrow's uh, free press. This is, we're recording this on a Friday. So on the Saturday, uh, free press, I've got to call him about uh, David Eby being one of the few, uh, he's the premier of British Columbia being one of the few, public people who is very, very public in how, you know, on how local radio and TV in this country yeah. has gone right into, right into the crapper. And we can talk yeah. about that in just a few moments. But one of the, one of the things that I, I've been telling people publicly for, for the longest time is one of the reasons why I love doing podcasts is because on podcasts, I can speak to Warren Consola or anyone else exactly the way I do off the air. And fortunately for you and me, we did speak to each other on the air for many, many years, exactly the way we spoke to each other off the air. And the, the chemistry works, and, and who knows why it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, but let, let, let's talk about uh, what Bell did this week, because my contention is that while Bell is more dramatic <laughs> than the other uh, telecom companies about laying people off and announcing uh, drastic layoffs and saying the kinds of things that just aren't credible, Bell blaming uh, the government for the layoffs when, when, the, when the government, whether it's a conservative or liberal government, there's no better friend for telecoms than government. Government makes sure the telecoms make billions and billions of dollars, whether they're called TELUS, Bell, Rogers, you name it, because they protect these guys from competition. And that's why we pay far more for our cell phones, our internet, our cable, exponentially more than the Americans do, and frankly, even more than the Europeans do. So government is their best friend. But yesterday, Bell, in announcing uh, almost a 10% layoff, uh, almost 5,000 people being laid off across the country, decided to blame the government. Warren, uh, what's your take on the demise of local radio and television and um, uh, the Let's Talk uh, company, the company that claims it cares about the mental health of employees doing what they did this week? Well, there, uh, sorry, this is my considered reasonable professional opinion of somebody who's been on many radio and TV programs uh, over the years. Bell Media are pieces of shit. The people who run it, that's who they are. And they, uh, you know, Charles, they, these people, the let's talk about mental illness people, they made those cuts. They admitted it in order to juice the payout that they make to their shareholders. They said that as the minister, because it's not just EB who's going after them, the Minister of Heritage federally in Trudeau's cabinet was terrific yesterday. And she said, these guys have made record profits and they're getting rid of the journalists that we need to help foster and protect democracy. They did it in order to provide a bigger dividend to shareholders. Like that tells you it had nothing to do with cost cutting or anything. So that's point number one. Point number two I'd like to make is this, and because I think sometimes the public doesn't realize it. They look at an announcement like yesterday and they think about, you know, the journalists, the, the families that have lost their livelihood, the terrible thing that happened yesterday. But Bell Media does not own the airwaves. The people do. Right. When radio started and when TV started, you know, more than 100 years ago, like there was all the it was just the Wild West, as you know, and there was, you know, people crowding each other out because there's a there's actually a finite number of there's bandwidth, as it's called, and there's a finite number of spots on the airwaves. 
So that's why the CRTC was created and why every nation on earth has got a broadcast regulator to regulate the spaces on that band, that bandwidth. The CRTC needs to step in here and say, look, you were mandated, you were given the privilege and the honor of having certain spaces, public spaces, to broadcast your stuff. If you continue to do what you're doing, we will take those away. And we'll give them to somebody else. Because what happened yesterday was quite interesting. Is Zoomer Radio and a number of others, all those stations that Bell Media got rid of, they're not unprofitable because a whole bunch of other people stepped up to buy them. So, you know, that's what I think the Trudeau guys need to do is say, you know what? Enough is enough. We've gone to the wall for you media organizations to get a share of the profits, the advertising profits for you from Google and Facebook. You keep playing this game. We will remove your position on the airwaves. We'll kick you off. We'll give it to by somebody way, else who cares. By the way, the heritage minister, uh, liberal heritage minister, Trudeau's heritage minister, who you praised, uh, also said that uh, Bell recently got a $40 million. That's $40 million check from the government. And by the way, there Bell also said Bell also said that what they really ticked them off about the government, why they blame the government for not making enough profit, is because the government insists that they do news. That's, yeah. that, that's what they wanted from the government. They want, they want the government to tell them that they don't have to do any news. So but that's in anyone, their broadcast license. Well, They're course, required course, to do uh, it. Well, it's not just in their broadcast license. It's, it, it's elementary that if you're going to yeah. have a, yeah. a stake, if you're going to have a say on the public, once again, the public's airwaves, that you give the public back something like this public Bingo. service known as news. Bingo. And so, so Bell loses on uh, on several levels in terms of uh, public uh, goodwill. But Warren, um, I, because I am plumb out of time, I do just want to you know uh, reinforce something that you said a few moments ago. It's not just um, you know you talk about how I bring the best out in you, and when when we do these things, uh, and I don't want to turn this into a love in here, uh, but you also bring out the best in me. You're one of the reasons, one of the key reasons why I want to stay in the game, why I want to stay on as a podcaster. And uh, you uh, you do a lot for me, my friend. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. I apologize again to your mom, maybe not so much to you and Dean and others for swearing, but I'm, I was just a little hot under the collar this week on these different stories. But that is the one benefit of podcasting, isn't it, is we can say what we want. Uh, my uh, mom... <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's my not gonna has, okay. No, no, it's no. My, my my mom my mom's language is uh, colorful. Uh, oh, good. You know, she, she will. <laughs> she will. She will not. She will not attack you for for speaking. Uh, All right. The way uh, the way many of us uh, speak off the air. So anyway, I just uh, uh, we, we only got a few seconds here. I do just want to say uh, thank you for being on with me uh, every Friday. Uh, I know that a lot of people uh, correspond with both of us about this and uh, they're they're grateful as well i want you to have yourself a a wonderful weekend and uh, who knows what we'll be talking about next friday Warren Kinsella, <laughs> yeah, that's right. a journalist uh, with uh, post media uh the ceo of one of the best pr firms in canada if you're ever in a deep doo-doo as george bush used to say warren is your guy with the daisy group warren thank you so much